0: Welcome to This Is Our Year, Minnesota Vikings podcast. It's Mikey, got Carrie with me today. Um, so we are previewing this Vikings-Bears matchup. It's going to be at home for the Vikings. Um, I don't know. I, to me, it looks like it's a really favorable matchup. What do you see from just the outside, Carry?
1: One would think, you know, it's, you know, these Bears are, just seem so abysmal. You know, there's not not a lot going on for them right now. Justin Fields showed some promise in week 1, but that was a rain game. So it was, you know, you could pretty much just scratch that one off as like a a fluke almost where it's, you know, you know, it's good if you can win in in the rain, but there was pretty much no offense in that game at all whatsoever due to the conditions and I don't know, just from what I've seen, it just seems like the the Bears just haven't really adopted to their new their new coach or really anything that's going on there. So Ah yeah, I I don't really know how battered they are, but I, we seem to be in pretty decent health and it's a home game. We're 2-0 in the division so far. I definitely think we carry a lot of momentum going into this one.
0: Yeah, you know, they are they yeah. are a little bit battered. Uh we got the the injury report. They had quite a few people on their injury report. I mean, now we've got some notable game statuses. Uh we they have, the Bears have two players who are doubtful to play, which is a uh, DB Dan Krukchenk and cornerback Jalen Johnson. Um, and then their D-tackle Justin Jones is questionable. Uh the Vikings on that side, they also have uh let's see, Ben Ellison, the tight end is out, and wide receiver Jalen Naylor is questionable. And cornerback uh, rookie Andrew Booth is questionable. He hasn't seen playing time yet during this regular season, got an injury during the preseason. so you know nothing's really new there though it seems like Zadarius Smith uh, and Cameron Danzler it looks like they're gonna play. Uh, neither yeah. of them are listed as questionable. and Harrison uh, Smith
1: too, he did not play last week with his concussion.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that that should uh should all be should all be good, but uh, yeah, Zedarius was limited this week, but he does not have a questionable uh, designation for the game, which is incredible, which is great. Um, Though on the other side of the ball, you know, Chicago, uh, David Montgomery was able to get back to practice in full on Friday this week. So it seems like the Bears running back room is going to be just about fully stocked once again. And that's really the one part of their team that is – really good and that's i think that is actually something that matches up really well against the vikings in the bears favor because exactly you know it's like it like we say nobody lets them run it up the gut quite like the vikings
1: yeah the run defense has been
0: pretty porous for the vikings so far Mm -hmm. i think that maybe maybe that's going to be a focus this week I mean maybe it has been a focus this week during practice I would think that it would be just because you would hope. I mean it God. seems <laughs> like it seems like the Bears coaching staff doesn't really trust Justin Fields all that much to throw the ball I mean it, I think he threw the ball more in week four than he has all year but uh, I mean th- there's not really much there for receiving core either so it's, it's maybe less about not trusting him to throw yeah. maybe more about just there isn't really they don't trust the receivers to get open and this is
1: our our first you know pretty major maybe I'm wrong but pretty major dual threat quarterback we faced this year as well
0: correct Yeah I think so cuz we've gone through what week 1 we had Aaron Rodgers week 2 well no that I mean we had Jalen Hurts in week 2 and That's uh, right that's right correct that is my bad so and we did not really contain him that well so it'll be interesting no. how
1: the Vikings are going to especially because this team is very similar to Philly in the fact that they have, you know, a loaded running back room, a quarterback that's mobile, maybe not quite the arm talent that um, Jalen Hurts has and also definitely a weaker offensive line, but that run defense or sorry, the run offense, the, the uh, running offensive line there, they're definitely a running team. So it's um, it'll be interesting to see how we, matchup in the pass protection there. So definitely opportunity to penetrate. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like uh, that bears offense. They have two solid, you know, debatably even like starting caliber. I mean, Khalil Herbert has done great when he's been in a position to start and it looks like David Montgomery is going to be healthy enough. I would bet that he gets the start and he's going to get more opportunities as long as he is healthy. Yeah, but, I mean, that's something that could change throughout the season. I mean, the next time we face the Bears, I think is week 18. Um, it's you know, we could expect to see maybe a change at their starting running back at that point, just because Khalil Herbert has been very successful given his opportunities.
1: And speaking of the running backs, you know, my major concern for this game, and it sounds like a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, have concern for this game in Dalvin Cook, because, you know, we haven't seen him get off to a really good start this year. And last week we were thinking, oh, this Saints run defense has not been that great. Their front seven is pretty good, but they're primarily a pass rushing group. And Dalvin got pretty much dominated in that game. So um, not really the numbers that we've seen from him so far this year. So uh, there are people even saying, you know, if he can't put up great numbers against this poorest, porous Chicago run defense, he might be hitting the trade block by the end of the year.
0: I mean, that's just it. You know, I think the worst the worst case scenario for this week is, you know, I it's just the same as kind of what's been going it's like. We can't get our offense going at all. And I think it's it is true how a lot of that starts through our run game. And I know if Austin because were, we
1: rely so heavily on the play action.
0: Right. And if Austin were here, I know, you know, all through last year, he's been a big Alexander Madison fanboy. And, you know, for the first time, I'm kind of starting to agree with him that maybe it might be time to give Madison a little bit more opportunity and take a little bit away from Dalvin, you know? Just because it
1: seems like, I mean, and I don't know if it's a matter of, you know, we need a more skilled running back, because I definitely think that Dalvin has the skill set and is a better back on paper than Madison. Madison's obviously a little bit more of a bruiser. Dalvin has the evasive speed and the quick juking and able to just break tackle so easily but i don't know it's just he hasn't seemed as explosive you know he's kind of hitting that spot where normally running backs are in their prime or he's he's definitely hit like that plateau and with the injuries he's had in his career especially i think that maybe kind of pushed his plateau a little bit earlier in his career um i mean it, it is still early in the season this is something you know you look at the stats at the end of each season and you go okay you know, more or less running yards than last year. Okay. We can see there's a little bit of a decline or a little bit of an increase, you know, and you can judge how a player is doing over time. But just from what we've seen so far, it's like, Jesus,
0: this guy already passed his prime just with the amount of injuries he's had. Yeah, you're right. It seems like, you know, with things like that, the stats can sometimes tell a skewed story, but when you look at the stats and you look at the eye test, like he's definitely lost, you know, uh, an element of burst in his game. So it, it is something to be concerned about. I definitely agree. Um go, going to the the Vikings defensive side of the ball. Um I know, you know, the run game we we've talked, you know, it's it's something to definitely be be concerned about and be aware of. And I mean, they know that, you know, I'm sure much better than we do as fans. But uh I know Dalvin Tomlinson has actually been like a really a really stable anchor on this defense. I believe that he's actually the Vikings highest rated player uh, per PFF throughout the first four weeks of the season. Wow. No, he's quietly been, been really, really good. Uh, And that actually, that actually leads me to my hot take. So I think Daniel Hunter, you know, he's finally going to have a productive day, but I think that Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be the one who has the most noteworthy day. That's going to be the one that we're talking about at the end of the day. Um you know, I, I do I do see him, you know, stepping up and really stopping the run, being a contributor in that. And Daniil Hunter too. I think that this defensive line is gonna have to take some major steps this week, and that is gonna be our key to victory. But I think it really does start with Dalvin Tomlinson.
1: Yeah. I think the the big thing, and that that's great that you brought that up because you know, those guys that are slipping under the radar, we even I'm trying to think of who it was last year. I know there was somebody who was just kind of like quietly making their pre- – I think it was Cam Bynum. He was our defensive uh, highest-graded PFF guy for a while there last year. Um, and I know after Josh Metellus's, um game-sealing interception, he had a really high PFF grade as well. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how some of those guys pop off, hopefully, as the season goes on, if they can avoid injuries. Um, as far as my hot take, I don't know. I feel like we've been really cursing the Vikings in our um, – because I know we are the ones who possess that power. It's no one else. Um, We've definitely been cursing them in these, what seem like gimme games where let's not forget when Austin said he didn't expect the new Orleans saints to even score a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that ended up being a nail biter of a game. So I will say for this Chicago bears game, my hot take is this one is going to come down to a field goal. Really? It's going to kind of reverse psychology the Vikings into a blowout win by
0: saying this one is going to be a nail biter. Oof. You know, like it, it is entirely possible just because it would just be kind of the most Vikings thing ever, you know, that in this game, we see the bears offense actually come together in a way that they have not come together at all this year. Yeah. I. It's it. And that's the thing is like, The Vikings have been so
1: up and down to start this year, and that's my main gripe. That's why I get so frustrated watching some of these games. It's like, where's the consistency? You know, week one, we looked like a Super Bowl-ready team, just ready to go. And all of a sudden, we've seen extreme mediocrity, along with some pretty decent highs, you know? But it's like, could we just get some consistency? These two-minute drills where we're having to drive down the field to win the game... And we're hitting all these twenty-yard passes. Where's that been in the beginning of the game? Why can't we start out aggressive for once? I just, I'd be curious as to of all the Vikings opening drives, how many of them resulted in a touchdown? Have we had any so far this
0: year? Maybe the Packers game, but is that it? Didn't we have a? Was the Vikings opening drive against the Saints? Was that a touchdown? I can't remember. No, I, I honestly don't remember. I'd be but curious
1: as to find that out because I'm sure the number is very low of the what four games we've played so far. I, I bet it's one for four.
0: No, but I, I'm with you. I mean, we, we need to, we need to get more consistency, especially on that offense. Um, You know, quickly going back to, you know, one thing that we were talking about on the defense, I saw a quote from uh, Ed Donatel this week and it was talking about, you know, kind of the lack of production from Daniel Hunter and, you know, I hope to take his word for it. And, you know, this might be just, you know, coach talk and trying to hype up his players, but uh, he was saying that it's a super normal thing for uh, players, you know, who have normally played like their entire career in a four, three style defense, you know, in a change of scheme, the first month, there is going to be lots of growing pains, but after, you know, that first month you can really hope to see, Players come back. And I hope he's right. I hope that isn't just coach speech and that, you know, Daniel Hunter actually just needed some time to adjust. Well, and And that's
1: the thing, is like we were told in camp that he was absolutely eating in the new 3-4, and that he was he was like a kid in a candy shop. That was a quote that I read from an actual like beat reporter, is that he was just devouring people in training camp in the new 3-4. So I don't know. I think it's but that's the nature of the business, is that in the NFL. We don't have time for the, <laughs> the, the growing pains. You don't have time. You're being thrown right into the water. You got to win right away. Luckily we're two and in the division, but if tomorrow we lose to this abysmal Chicago bears team, that will be really telling as to how well did we do in this transition? Cause then at that point, it's a coaching thing. It's a managing thing.
0: Hey, somebody's late, but they are here. Dang. <sighs> Welcome. Welcome. Uh, you know, we're, we're just talking about the Bears, obviously. We unleashed
1: our hot takes. Mikey said that um, Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be the the, def- the player of the game, and I said it's going to come down to a nail-biter because I'm trying to reverse psychology ourselves into a blowout.
2: I like it. I like the strategy. Uh, hot take for the game. I think this is going to be the game that Justin Fields actually really looks like a quarterback. I think he'll get actually get some air time under the ball. I think that's what they're going to try to do to throw the Vikings off because typically I feel like –
1: Oh, we're expecting them to run.
2: Yeah, we're expecting them to run. They're expecting Justin Fields to have maybe 15 to 20 pass attempts. But I have a feeling this game he's going to be up around that 30 pass attempts. Interesting. And I think it's just going to be kind of a game to try to throw off this Vikings defense and kind of like what you were talking about, Terry, with how we're in a new scheme – And I think some guys that we thought were going to be ready for it are still having kind of that learning curve of kind of shifting from what the Vikings have been the last 12 years into a a pretty much brand new defensive mindset. So I think it's especially if I was a divisional team going up against this, take advantage of it, especially in the first meeting of the season.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's, Especially the whole—I mean, the what's more predictable: doing what you're already good at in the running game, or trying to be unpredictable? It's almost kind of that balance of how how predictable do you want to be? Is doing the reverse of what would normally be your offensive, like you know, your offensive go-to? Doing the reverse of that is that almost too predictable? Mm -hmm. It's an interesting, interesting dynamic there.
2: Well, and we've already seen. I think most of the season when I've kind of been a lot of displeased on the defense, it's come on the pass side. There's been a lot of QBs that have been able to take take advantage of the Vikings' defense by going by air. I mean, for example, yesterday, not yesterday, last week, Andy Dalton. Like, I mean, he still was able to throw the ball on us, and especially kind of surprising being a guy who hasn't had much playing time this season, able to just step in and do that. I know he's a vet, but still
0: yeah yeah no it's uh it's one of those it's one of those things, and I said earlier you know it's just kind of it would be you know kind of the most vikings thing you know for this offense of the bears to you know for them to actually look like a real offense against this team of all teams you know it it, it definitely that's definitely something I could see happening
1: well, should we move to score predictions
0: yeah yeah um i think i think this one probably will not be one of the more highing score high scoring games of the week just due to you know the nature of both teams. Nobody's really put up a ton of points.
1: And it's uh, NFC North football. It's gonna be very like gritty, you know, very defensive, kind of slug fasty
0: Right. I think it's gonna be uh Bears 15, Vikings 21.
2: I'm gonna go
1: Bingo. I'm gonna go Vikings 17, Bears 13.
2: No Mike, you hit literally that was the number I was thinking of 15-21 Vikings, yeah,
0: yeah, so I mean I think we we can all agree, you know, it would be really surprising if this game was high scoring, but again, like we said, you know this could be this could be one where offenses start looking like offenses, but uh you know you just never know, but anyway, you know i I mean. It's going to be a good game. We do have the momentum, 3 and 1, 2 and 0 in the division. Let's make it 3 and 0. Let's get a win. I think it's going to be uh, a really great atmosphere against the Bears here at home. So uh I don't know, and I think the momentum with that helps, you know, keeping the fans like engaged and giving them hope through this season. We're 3 and 1. We have a little bit of wiggle room, but this is not a game that we really can afford to be giving up given the rest of our schedule coming up in the next few weeks.
2: No, this is a game that we really, really need to win. But also um, kind of a side note of this. I really want to win this game because I'm getting sick and tired of looking at these power rankings and people always placing the Packers ahead of us this season. Because so I really don't feel like the Packers are a better team than us this year. And I feel like if we can just pull out this – get our third divisional win on the season, especially this early. I mean, I think it's going to finally make people have to look at the Vikings this season and be like, okay, this is somewhat of a new team. This well, isn't I think just it's also the Vikings gonna be, of last year.
1: It's also going to be from a mathematical standpoint, too, because after three division wins, you know, that's...
2: you're Basically, the worst you can do now is 50-50. If we win yeah. this game, we've already won 50% of the divisional games. Anything above that now is just kind of really... Kind of solidifying maybe a potential division win,
0: and you say the worst you could do is fifty fifty. But if you're able to go three and zero through your first three divisional games, what are the odds that you actually go three and three for the rest of the season? I mean, it, mathematically and logically, if you're good enough to be well, beat all considering
1: people, these were all considering these were all home games, it's
0: mm-hmm. that's true. It's a question there, though. The home. I field did see ahead. Adam
1: Thielen. Adam Thielen that expressed some frustration in a in his presser this week, they had kind of asked him, hey, as a vet who's been around the block, how do you feel about, you know, getting your division stuff done early, but having to do them all at home? And he he hated it. He's like, no one wants to be at Lambeau and at Soldier Field at the end of the, you know, approaching the end of the season. No one wants that in the cold, you know? So I don't know. It'll hopefully we get the win tomorrow. If not, I think it'll be very telling
0: agree yeah. uh throughout the rest of the league i know the packers are playing the giants in london uh 8:30 central time um yeah packers giants lions got the patriots that one's probably going to be an all out you know score fest it seems like any game with the lions is very high scoring i think even despite them having their their third string qb bailey zappi for the Patriots, I think, we you almost know. beat the Packers. Can we talk about how terrible Aaron Rodgers was? That was, in this game? it was bad. And you know, that's another at home too. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you no. Know, and Austin, like Austin, you were just saying how the Packers are ranked. Like every power ranking that I look at, they're like the number four ranked team. And I think that's just so ridiculous. Like and has anybody watched any of those Packers games? I'm not saying that the Vikings should necessarily be ranked four above the Packers, but this Packers team has not looked good at all.
2: I think it's very disrespectful. And that's one thing I think I hate about the NFL and some power ranking polls is I feel like they really kind of look at more of like, oh, this is Aaron Rodgers team. So, of course, it's going to have to be a top five team in the NFL. And it's it's not that's not the case. I mean, these Packers are getting wins, but it's not convincing. It's been like what you said last week, Mikey, where it, it's an ugly game to watch that they're getting a win. And they're having a hard time against a lot of these younger teams or teams that are facing serious injury problem. Like, if well, you're going gonna... to... That's
1: the thing. Do they, do they do these power rankings based on the current... Is it literally mathematical? Is it based on the current standings?
0: I think some of them might be, but some of them seem to just be, you know people's opinion and i think they're like standings... momentum based
1: is it like if the playoffs or if the playoffs started today here's what teams would be in or is it like a here's here's kind of the trends the forecast i, is like I think the standings
0: are a bit of a they are a factor but i think it also has to do with what they predict you know or in their projections for you know the rest of the season it's got to be some of that because otherwise the vikings would be a a uh, top, I don't know how many there's not a lot of teams that are three and one right now, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and I, the Packers are, but like I would argue their three and one hasn't looked nearly as convincing as our three and one. And I mean, it's I still even, think we and I that's still not think we that
0: the Vikings three and one has been perfect.
2: No, and I was just going to say that I think our three and one has still been a little rough at times, but we're able to pull it out. But the Packers three and one has looked almost abysmal at times, where like you're saying, Carrie they're having a hard time against, is it Brian Zappi?
0: Yeah, Bailey Zappi.
2: I mean, and no argue. I mean, we have had the struggle against the backup QB bug too, but it's just, oh my goodness, it's hard to watch some of these Packers games because it's just so abysmal. And then you hear, oh, yep, they're still better than the Vikings. The poll that made me mad was, it was what is the percentage uh, that you, like? it was like the math and it was like, percentage of teams making the playoffs right now and Vikings were sitting at like 66 or 67% and then they had the Packers at like 74 and I was like what it was just like that and that's why I just don't like I feel like we're still in a time where they just people want to get the benefit of the doubt to the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers but this is one of the worst Packers teams we've seen in a long long time
0: I agree they've really got to do more to earn it in my opinion you know just I don't know. Just because you have Aaron Rodgers does not automatically make you a top 5 team. If you've seen them play, if you actually watch their games, you know, you're not there there's no way they're a top 5 team. But speaking of other games that are just abysmal to watch, the Broncos have already had like a bunch of primetime games and they've got to be one of the worst offenses in football today. It I don't know what's wrong, but Russell Wilson does not look good and the Broncos have him locked up for a long time. He is not going anywhere and I think that was
2: hey, maybe hey, it's looking hey Bronco, like it's Bronco's maybe country, one of the
0: ride. one of the worst trades in recent history. Bronco's it might. Let's, be. Ride. let's ride. Yeah, what I think he's thrown two touchdowns all season. Yep, yeah, he was my um
1: I think my eighth pick in the fantasy draft. So, you know, not super pleased about that. Um, cut him after week two. Uh,
0: Good. I mean, he's he's not worth not worth playing in yeah. fantasy. I
1: I don't know what's going on there. I I think he's a little washed, and I think it's also the play calling because he's definitely got the talent around him. The receivers are getting open.
0: He's not hitting them. I don't know. Yeah. Right. It's going to be interesting. And Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach, you know, it, he's he's definitely made some questionable calls, and it just seems like he and Russ are not on the same page. So, I mean, I think, you know, Bears fans, I know last year you were really, really, really hoping for Russell Wilson. Um, you know, honestly, Justin Fields, he he probably has a higher ceiling, at least for this year, you know. So maybe be glad that you dodged that bullet. And I know when we were talking about our head coaches, I think I even I chose to talk about Nathaniel Hackett, and I'm I'm glad that I'm glad we got Kevin O'Connell. So I'm I mean, gosh, you know that team they looked like they could they could be elevated to Super Bowl contenders. Obviously, they have a really stacked. Uh, oh yeah, they division. Were, he
1: was my dark horse MVP. I, yeah, was, but not even dark horse. He was like my go ahead. Like this guy's gonna get the MVP.
0: Yeah, no, it, and it just has not worked out at all for those Broncos so and they're, now sitting, they're now sitting at two and three Wait yeah what's got- up
2: do you think potentially the reason he's not doing so well is maybe there's some people on the team who are not happy that he was able to get such an extension without playing any games so the chemistry on the field is just not there you think or- maybe just
0: the vibes aren't right
2: Maybe that, or maybe it's just there's some people on the Denver Broncos that maybe aren't the most thrilled with having Russell Wilson as their quarterback being paid so much.
1: I mean, did you guys see Kyle Brandt's thing on NFL game day?
2: What was Uh, that? No.
1: It was good morning football. Kyle Brandt, one of their, like, analysts or whatever, absolutely buried Russell Wilson. Called him fake. Said he's the most fake personality in the NFL. He's not... Like he and his wife always show up to things like they're Jay Z and Beyonce. He's he he thinks Russ is a nice guy, but it's like, you know, he's trying to be something
0: he's not, and that's the huge thing there. You know, that's not the first time that I've heard that. You know, that's and that's weird. And I haven't you haven't really heard much of that until this year. You know, like that he was actually the problem in seattle and that he's just kind of kind of a poser and that's what he called him he called him a poser (laughs) yeah and and you know it sounds like it's just chatter but you hear it from multiple sources i mean obviously you know richard sherman is a guy who probably has a little bit of bad blood toward russell wilson i mean for many reasons you know former teammate and former divisional rival uh but, you know, you hear him saying a lot of stuff along the same lines about Russell Wilson as well. So mm-hmm. it's not something you like to see. You know, you don't like to see, you know, former great players just kind of go down and be what he is right now. Well, it's it's really, really a bad, bad look for the Broncos and their future.
2: No, exactly. and I mean, honestly, it... It already felt like from the beginning of the season, they were trying to go back to the well and take a veteran QB like they did with Peyton Manning, put him on a team that they, that was like, that can compete, but still was missing some keys. And I just think it really did not work this time. Uh, I think they just expected maybe a little too much out of him and thought, hey, he had a really good start to last season. Maybe if we just bring him here and just let Russ cook, Russ can cook. And you start to realize, oh, this team maybe wasn't built for him, or this wasn't the right idea or sheen fit for him. And... Well, not
0: only that, I mean, he's just, his playing style is so different from what it was, you know, when when he was winning a Super Bowl. He's not really, I think he's like actively a lot less mobile. He's, no, of he's course. more of a, just kind of a stand and throw. He's, he's a lot more, you know, playing a lot more of the style that Kirk Cousins honestly plays. But Kirk Cousins has been playing this style for a lot longer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, speaking
1: of all this football talk, I have a football game to go to. It's homecoming weekend.
0: All right. Well, we'll we'll let you go and do that uh, anyway. Catch us after the, the Vikings-Bears game. We'll break it down. I'm sure we'll have a lot of thoughts. But anyway, we will see you next time. Bye. So long. And welcome to the after show. What up? What so, up?
1: I actually do need to scatter, but I, I have an idea for the after show. Mm-hmm. We all name our favorite form to have a potato in. And you have to explain in one sentence or less why.
2: Ooh. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. I, I will say my favorite form of potato is a potato chip because it is greasy and salty and crunchy. And it, it checks a lot of boxes in what I'm looking for in a snack.
1: That was a long run on sentence, but it still counts. Thank you. Austin.
2: Uh, Minus potato salad. Soul food, baby. Soul food.
1: (laughs) I'm going to go waffle fry.
2: That was my second. That was my second.
1: I like the texture when it like hits the roof of your mouth.
2: Oh, and especially if you can get a good dipping sauce with it, like a Chipotle ranch or something like that. Oh, hmm. good. I
0: love potato talk. We should, we should do this more often.
2: <laughs> really brings me down to my heritage roots. Yeah,
0: yeah. The the Irish in you.
2: Yep, the Irish.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, this was a great after-show. I mean, you guys can keep talking. I just have to scatter. Oh well, it's a—it's uh, always always good to talk to you, Carrie. Um, I hope, I hope you have fun at the homecoming game. Go, Cobs! Mm, well,
2: who are they even playing today? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're a true fan.
1: <laughs> My senior year homecoming, they lost by at least thirty points.
0: Oof! Oh, oof. it sounds like Dragon's football. Yeah, uh, they burned the M last night. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's one of the cool things that MSUM did. I mean, I, I would think the the worst thing that they did, the, the most underwhelming, was the lighting of the dragon. I don't know if you've oh. ever seen the lighting of the dragon. It's so bad. It's entirely, entirely underwhelming.
2: Yeah, it's horrible.
0: Yeah, All right, dudes. A, Catch you later. Uh, all right, we'll see you later. See you later. Yeah, I hated that thing. That, that little metal dragon in the middle of campus. They make a big deal about lighting this dragon. And they go, three, two, one. And it does a little, a little tiny plume of fire. And it goes... It, it doesn't even make a cool sound.
2: Nope, not at all. They don't have speakers or anything. Nope, it's super lame. And it's always cold when they
0: do it. So mm-hmm. just... Just not worth it. If any if anybody is uh, listening to this at or near the MSUM campus and you're thinking about going to the Lighting of the Dragon, I'm not saying don't go. I'm just saying temper your expectations. I'm saying don't go. Fair enough. Somebody had to say it.
2: Yep, somebody will. Well. Well, I guess that's a little I it. Toes. Toes. slaps I guess.
0: the. Yep, slaps thighs. Yep. I suppose.
2: I suppose it's time to go. Standing yep. in this doorway for about five minutes now.
0: Alrighty. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you later.
2: Talk to you later. Thanks for the casserole. School. School.